we were early adopters on Instagram. So, you know, there weren't at, there wasn't as much um, saturation and information on there. And so that was definitely something that we were able to leverage is being able to fumble, be messy and learn what worked and what didn't work um, when not too many people were paying attention. This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. My guest this week is Jada Selner, the host of the Lead with Love podcast, an international speaker redefining the way we work, lead, and love. As the co-founder of Simple Green Smoothies, Jada helped to build and lead a community of 355,000 email subscribers and 415,000 Instagram followers. Now, Jada dedicates her time to consulting with companies and personal brands to build communities with love, service, and impact. Now, the transition from one business to another is a common story among entrepreneurs and small business owners. The idea of building something successful and then retiring to an island paradise by the age of 40 is a myth. Successful entrepreneurs tend to build businesses again and again and again. And that's why I wanted to chat with Jada about her story exiting Simple Green Smoothies and starting something new. She was open and candid about her experience and the emotional roller coaster it took her on. Jada and I discuss the explosive success of Simple Green Smoothies, the moment she started to think about leaving that business, the process they went through to part ways, what she wanted from a new venture, and how she's intentionally set things up to fulfill her new goals. Now, Let's find out what works for Jada Selner. Jada Selner, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation. I agree. I am looking forward to going deep on this one. So before we can go deep, I think we need to do a little bit of an overview of what we're going to cover today so that listeners have some context. Can you share a brief history in in the last few years of Jada Selner? Yeah. (laughs) So it's so in depth. But um, in 2009, I actually became a first time entrepreneur owning a brick and mortar business uh, with my husband in Kauai. And that business, you know, obviously with brick and mortar, there's a lot of upfront costs that have to happen in the business. And we ended up closing up that business in 2011 and moving into my in-laws house for six months. So hashtag worst case scenario of an (laughs) entrepreneurial life of like, let's leave the islands and live with family. Um, But in that time, you know, I had a daughter, um, she was four years old at that time. And really the entrepreneurial bug was I, I bit it and I wanted to continue down that pathway and I knew that I wanted to still continue, you know, starting businesses and it ended up being an online business, Family Sponge, which is a parenting blog that I co-founded with my friend and then business partner, Jen Hansard, and we ended up starting an Instagram account called Simple Green Smoothies and this was in support of a kid-friendly green smoothie ebook that we we wanted to create for our parenting blog. So, um, you know, 2012 is when we launched that 
Instagram account. It was never supposed to be its own business, a website, or anything like that. But within six months, we grew the Instagram following from zero to 30,000 Instagram followers. And the time before I actually exited my company, we were at 420,000 followers. And this was all without any paid advertising. So um, I know it sounds really quick, but when you think about my entrepreneurial journey, it's almost 10 years and people see Simple Green Smoothies where we have a traditionally published book. We've been featured in Oprah's O Magazine and all of these things and look at it as an overnight success of how quickly we grew our online community and our email list and all of those things. But there were many, many skills that were built over the years in businesses that didn't work. (laughs) Excellent. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of those skills here today. (laughs) Um, But just as a point of clarification for me, because I'm curious, um, I didn't know about the family sponge piece of it. How long, what was the the timeframe between when you started the family sponge blog to when you started the Simple Grain Smoothies Instagram account? Yeah, so we launched November 2011 and then started the Instagram account uh, in July 2012. And then simple, we made a website, Simple Green Smoothies, November 2012. So we were like, oh, this is more than just an Instagram account. So it was about a year later and even a month before I started the Simple Green Smoothies Instagram account. I have this this screenshot of our parenting blog where um, it's Joy Jonah commenting on our blog and she's like, love this. And that's my mom. And then my cousin Alex, who wasn't married, didn't have any kids, was commenting as well. So I always say that we all start at zero. Like those were the only people commenting on our parenting blog at that time when we had first started the Instagram account for Simple Green Smoothies. Gotcha. And how long did it take or how long did it take you guys to realize that Family Sponge, that you needed to stop worrying about Family Sponge and start putting all your attention on Simple Green Smoothies? Yeah, it was, I mean, as soon as we started that website in November, you know, we had our Instagram account and I think there was 800 followers, you know, in, in the very beginning, which was really exciting. And then um, a an Instagrammer, you know, gave us a shout out who maybe she had 30,000 followers and we grew to 3,000 followers and we're like, oh, this is amazing. So it was just, it was, you know, those little momentum pieces that we were not seeing in our parenting blog. So we pivoted our attention, our our effort, our energy into Simple Green Smoothies to see where that could take us. So as soon as we went into creating that website in November, we kind of, you know, had, it was like the ignored stepchild. <laughs> the parenting blog just kind of sat there while we put all of our eggs in the Simple Green Smoothies basket. So it was, it was just a few months. It was like the traction and momentum was moving so fast. And also one thing that I, that I like to say is that we were early adopters on Instagram. So you know, there weren't at, there wasn't as much um, saturation and information on there. And so that was definitely something that we were able to leverage is being able to fumble, be messy and learn what worked and what didn't work um, when not too many people were paying attention. Well, I think we just found our cold open right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I want to talk more about the explosive success that you guys had at the beginning with Simple Green Smoothies. Because when I first heard that story, it was from your former partner, Jen 
then. It was a number of years ago now, um, and it just really blew me away. And so I, I agree that you know being an early adopter on any platform, I think, can lead to explosive success. But I don't think it's the only thing no. that leads to explosive success. So what else do you attribute the the yeah, just the amount of attention that you guys were able to garner, the number of followers you were able to grow, and kind of the community that you built there. What do you attribute that explosiveness to? Yeah, so definitely focusing on building the community first um, was super, super helpful. You know, really using Instagram as kind of the the ground zero for us of like putting all of our time and energy in there. And, uh, you know, just like I said, leveraging offline relationships, meeting people in real life, you know, when people are trying to send personal messages and um, with strangers and like, hey, can you give me a shout out versus like meeting someone in real life? It makes it a lot easier for people to give you shout outs. So shout outs worked really well for us in building those relationships with people of like, hey, um, here I brought you a free green smoothie to try and then they take a picture on their Instagram account and give us a shout out and also focusing on one core topic where we could really share valuable, inspiring tips. So when we first started Simple Green Smoothies, we were trying to sprinkle in some stuff that we were talking about on our parenting blog, like here's how to avoid the flu by washing your hands. And we were still trying to have this more broad term of health and wellness. But I remember making a decision. I was like, for the next nine months, all we are going to talk about is green smoothies. <laughs> so every tip, every post, um, we're going to share recipes and that was it. Instead of trying to be everything to everyone. Um, another piece of that was, you know, really looking at our unique differentiator. And we weren't the first green smoothie you know, website or anything like that, but I knew who was in the space. And so, you know, they tended to be, you know, older women, and, and I would even say like older white women who are more clinical. And I was just like, we have this young, we're young moms, you know, we're in our in our 20s, and we have young kids, we love branding and design, we use words like awesome and rock on. And neither of us had an education in health and wellness, we didn't have any nutritionist certifications or degrees. And so we actually used what normally people might use as a disadvantage of like, well, I don't know enough. I don't have enough credibility. And we actually use that to make us stand out of like, look, we're not going to give you all these like boring scientific facts. We just know that it's worked really well for us. We're too tired, overworked, overwhelmed moms. And these green smoothies have given us so, so much energy. And we feel like the best moms ever because our kids are drinking spinach. And so we really, you know, found those ways of how we could stand out online instead of saying, well, there's already people in the space and that really helped us. And I always say there's no unique messages, only unique messengers. And so we really took a stand for like, okay, this is how we're different. And also we're going to share beginner friendly green smoothies. So we definitely used a higher fruit ratio. And some people are like, oh, these are too sweet. This is too much sugar. And we're like, we are not for the hardcore raw foodist yogis. Like we are for the everyday mom whose core vegetables are corn and potatoes because <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and so just being really clear on who we were talking to and who we were not. 
And then I think the biggest thing for that explosive growth, um, you know, we grew our email list to 355,000 email subscribers. And what really helped that take off was not just focusing on Instagram, but actually getting people off of the platform and creating a free experience where we could get their email list. So we basically launched a free 30-day green smoothie challenge at the end of December 2012. We started it in January and we, you know, we had an email list of 2,000 email subscribers and we were like, opt in to our free ebook. And it was when we did this free challenge, a 30-day experience where it had a start date and an end date that we grew our email list from 2,000 subscribers to 30,000 email subscribers with no paid advertising, just, you know, inviting people who were paying attention on Instagram, like, hey, if you want the free shopping list and the recipes, give us your email address and really making it uh, a community experience. Like that's where the engagement comes. We didn't outsource or like automate things. We were really in there with them in real time. That's incredible. And you just shared so much gold in like the last four minutes that I hope everyone goes back and listens to that part over and over again. But I want to start transitioning into the next sort of the next phase of of your entrepreneurial journey and find out kind of what's working in there. Um, So to do that, I'm curious about when you started thinking about leaving Simple Green Smoothies. Can you tell me about the moment when maybe exiting that business started to cross your mind? Yeah. So it's it's actually really fascinating. In 2013, which is like the first year that we generated income in Simple Green Smoothies, and our first big successful launch, we did $86,000 in 10 days. And I was in Cabo and I was like, woohoo, oh my gosh, this is amazing, life-changing. My husband was able to quit his job. And in that same moment, I was like, I want to help other people create this type of opportunity in their lives where they could retire their husbands. My husband's not retired. He's just doing something that he really, really loves. Um, and being able to you know, make a big impact, make transformation in other people's lives. And I just geeked out on the marketing and business. It's always been in me. It was the first word that I learned how to, to spell was entrepreneur, like the first big word that I learned how to spell was entrepreneur when I was nine. And I just, I all I wanted to do was talk about how we did it. Um, I didn't want to talk about what's the difference between blending and juicing. And so it was that big launch where it gave me this sense of, of credibility and proof that I could help other people go after their dreams and really take that imperfect action to do and build a business on their terms and doing work that they really, really love. And before that, I felt like I didn't have that track record of success to prove that I don't have any college degrees. I have like 60 college units and not even an AA, you know, just like forever student, never a grad. So um, that was where the seed was planted. And I actually, I had um, a business coach, Jonathan Mead, and I was in that in that same time in 2013, I was I was talking about what I really want to do is help moms who are entrepreneurs build their businesses. I went to a two day event with Jonathan Fr- uh, Fields, who is a good friend and mentor of mine, and I'm like, 
okay, well, there's this, you know, here's what we've built in Simple Green Smoothies, but here's what I really want to do. So at the like uprising of our success, momentum and growth, I was already talking to coaches and mentors that I'm ready for the next thing. And and they were actually the ones that are kind of like, but you have such a good thing in front of you. Like, don't just like disrupt everything. And so for me, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew why I wanted to do it. I just didn't know when I was going to do it and I didn't know how. So I just let those next couple of years unfold. I launched my personal brand website in May of 2014. So I started pouring money and energy into just having this personal brand to kind of be a parking lot for the future. And I didn't know what it was going to evolve into. And I did my first world domination keynote in front of 3,000 people in that same year. And Chris Gilbo's, um, his literary agent came up to me as soon as I got off the stage. He's like, I'm going to introduce you to all of these, these book publishers in New York here this weekend. Like what you just did is a book. And I, I felt this like torn energy of like, yes, I want to tell my story. And, and it was beyond Simple Green Smoothies. It was a part of it, but it wasn't everything. And then I just told him, I was like, I know that Simple Green Smoothies, like that's the first book before my personal entrepreneurial memoir journey to help other people create that in their lives. So I had been just kind of teetering and feeling torn from like 2014 to 2015 of feeling like I was cheating on Simple Green Smoothies because I really wanted to be in this other space. And so it was the end of 2015 that I finally decided I'm exiting the company and it still took me until the end of 2016 to actually sign the contract because it was it was that hard to leave something that you built that was so beautiful and you know you build a relationship you know Jen and I were business wifeys we're sharing finances we're sharing a team and all of these things and it was you know we had a second book deal that was actually presented to us and it will actually be launched um you know in September 2018 and I helped write that book proposal knowing that I wasn't going to stay in the company and I said I feel like I'm like looking for houses with my soon to be ex husband. Like I knew I was writing it. We knew, you know, we're kind of presenting this to the publishers, but I knew I wasn't going to be writing the second book. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, I, I'm fascinated by this transition because I think a lot of people would have opted to stay in the other business, even if it was just they had turned it, they would turn it into a side thing, or they'd be kind of more of a silent partner, or they'd help out when they can, but, you know, go off and start their own thing and put their focus there. And so I think this, this decision to leave this process of leaving is really fascinating. And so I'd love to go into that a little bit more deeply. Um, although the story that you just shared was also incredibly deep and insightful. So um, can you actually walk us through the process of leaving? And I understand that there's probably some sensitive things in there and don't feel like you yeah. need to share anything that's horribly uncomfortable. Um, but just what what did that look like and how did you manage it in a way um, that allowed you to feel really good? Because my impression is that you feel really good about this decision and that you feel really proud of the way that it was handled and navigated. And I'd love for you to just kind of walk us through that. Yeah, I would say, you know, 2016 was the most emotionally trying year of my life um, to make that exit. It was, it was not easy. You know, we definitely had some different scenarios and options that we were playing with and exploring. And I know you mentioned like the silent partner. Um, but in the end, that that 
move didn't feel necessarily fair, um, you know, in, in our partnership and in our agreement. So we were navigating, you know, like, can she do this on her own? And can I do this thing on my own? You know, like, is this the smartest decision? And so we had a lot of support. Um, and I think it's really important. You know, we had emotional support from life coaches. We had um, a business coach. We had a um, more of a personal life coach that was more like a, you know, business marriage counselor that really helped us get aligned with what is it that we really want in these next couple of years in our lives and how do we want to be fully expressed and even when we got clear and like okay we can do this this is what we want it was still so scary and so hard and um just so many hard conversations um challenging emotional but also we because we had the right support in our corner we were we were able to be equipped with new tools on how to communicate all of those ups and downs during during that um what we called at the end was like okay we're unconscious or we're, we're consciously uncoupling <laughs> you know and that was like an announcement that we made at the end of a mastermind group that we were a part of with Todd Herman and we're like hey guys we're consciously uncoupling and it it was it was such an interesting you know way to end that when we're like when we first got and we're like, we're growing the company, we're scaling it to this. And, and it's like, oh, truly what this year was about is like, how do we make this transition with as much love and integrity as possible? And I really do feel that that we were able to do that, even though it was so hard because you're dealing with money, you're dealing with company valuations, you know, working the numbers and then just um, legal, right? Like we had lawyers that we were talking to. I was reading books, um, you know, two books that were really helpful for me during that time was um, the book Getting to Yes by Roger Fisher. And it's about um, <clears throat> negotiating agreement without giving in. And then also Brene Brown's Rising Strong of just like how to have those vulnerable, uncomfortable conversations, but doing it with so much love and respect. Um, and so that was what we really, really focused on. Um, I listened to a couple of pod, like there's not a lot of information about people exiting and selling companies. Like I did so much Googling and it was like, I found like two books and two podcast mm -hmm. episodes and that was it. Um, so that was, you know, checking in with a lot of friends and mentors and having their support was really helpful too. And I remember talking to Jonathan Fields and I'm like, am I crazy for doing this? And he's like, you're asking the wrong question. The question is, can magic strike twice? And the answer is yes. Mm. And so that really just allowed me to like settle into this decision of where my heart was really pulling me towards next, even though I didn't know, you know, how it was all going to unfold. So um, did that answer your questions? I hope like, yeah, <laughs> let me know if I'm missing anything from that process. No, no, that was, that was phenomenal. And I think you're exactly right. I mean, there are so few conversations um, about what exiting looks like, whether it's from a financial perspective or a business relationship perspective, or it's from a personal emotional perspective. And I think it's one of the reasons that people don't see it as a viable outcome for their businesses, especially in this more kind of online business space, or even, you know, just in like small business and freelancing in general, people aren't thinking about exiting as, 
you know, something that they could do that the, a goal that they could work toward or a solution to a problem that they're facing. Um, and I think the more that we talk about it and from whatever aspect we talk about it, the more people can see it as a possibility. And I think that is going to be part of the evolution of the, the business space that we're both in. And I think that's really, really important. So I so appreciate you going into all of that and, and sharing how kind of emotionally shaking this was, even though you guys did it in such an intense, intentional and loving way. Um, I think that's really, really important. But that brings us then into the next chapter that I want to explore with you, which is starting a new business. Um, because I think, you know, some people think exiting a business is all about like early retirement. Right, right. <laughs> and for so many entrepreneurs, that is not in fact the case, right? No. Entrepreneurs are people who like to start things yes. and you are no different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious what you were looking for from a new business. Um, were there kind of pers- new personal goals that you wanted to fulfill? Were there new business goals that you wanted to work toward? Was there some sort of experiment that you wanted to run? Why start something new? Yeah. So a big piece of that was wanting full expression and using my voice. And, you know, within how we built Simple Green Smoothies, we really built it in a way that we had a consistent strategy of like, okay, the challenge, an email sales funnel, we sell the cleanse and and that was rinse and repeat. But what was missing was actually me using my voice. And I think my voice is actually one of my my best gifts. Um, you know, so I wasn't using it in that business. And I, I I saw the vision for building the personal brand of me being able to use my voice, speaking on stages, being a guest on other people's podcasts, and then launching my own. And I had always, always, I'm like, can we, could we launch a podcast for Simple Green Smoothies or a YouTube video series? Like I, you know, I wanted all of those things to exist because I was so hungry to use my voice because I, I just think it is the best way for me to connect, inspire and activate people to take action. And so that's what I was really longing for was that full expression to use my voice. And in this, you know, my personal brand with jadaselner.com, I've been able to do that. I launched my Lead with Love podcast on February 14th of this year, Valentine's Day. And I'm speaking on stages all over the world. And And just me, you know, being able to lead in-person retreats, like I am a community builder at heart online as well as offline. And I really, really, really need that offline face-to-face heart-to-heart connection with people. And we just never got to that in the other business as well. So the pieces that matter to me the most didn't exist in the model that we built. And so I wanted to build a business where I could be in person with people and intimate in-person communities, gathering people together who are like-minded, like-hearted, and then being able to use my voice and the access to mentors and wisdom and experience that I have on the podcast. And then just just being like when I speak on a stage, I say I'm an introvert that hugs. So I get really shy as soon as I get off the stage. And I'm like, you know, who's the one person that I can talk to in the room. But when I'm on a stage, I just light up and I'm a completely different person. And I, I really feel at home and fully expressed on stages. Same. <laughs> um, and all, people always want to know, if you're such an introvert, how do you speak on stage? It's like, it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and I can say something to that, you know, even yeah, building please. online on communities or speaking on stages. What's beautiful about that for introverts is 
there's no interruption because I feel like our nervous systems get overwhelmed with people who the more extroverted personalities who are always kind of chiming in and you like have something to say. My husband will see me like trying to talk in a group of people and I'm like, uh, uh, and he's like, don't worry, baby, I heard you. You know, like it's like that, that, and with social media, you know, building community online, there's this there's a turn taking, right? Like it's like you comment, I comment, you comment, I comment, like everyone's voice is heard. And so I think they're like introverts actually do have a superpower in building communities online and definitely on stage because nobody is talking and interrupting you and you can share all those ideas that you're thinking about when you're in your cozy little cocoon at home can be shared on stage without anybody interrupting you. I completely agree. And I think that's, that's sort of like, um, maybe that's the other side of the coin of the way I've always thought about it, which is that speaking on stages or building online communities, um, it's a way of creating context for us as, as yes. introverts. So, you know, when you're at an event and you're on a stage, there's context around what you're saying. When you're in an online community, you under, you can better understand the context and show up, you know, feeling like you're comfortable in that space. And I think that that's, yeah, I think it's it's kind of similar to what you're talking about too, but I just super resonate with your perspective on that. And I know other people will also. Um, you've mentioned a couple of times now that your new business is a personal brand. It's jadaselder.com. It's you on stage. It's your podcast. It's it's you. Um, and you, you know, previously you had more of a brand that was I don't even want to, I don't want to call it necessarily conceptual because it's very literal, right? It's, it was right, a right. thing, simple green smoothies. Um, yeah. And so I'm curious about what you see working differently between those two brands. What have you learned um, that you need to do differently when it's just you versus when it's a more uh, conceptual brand? Yeah. So I think that there's uh, ch more challenges in the beginning, right? Because you're leading with, you know, first name, last name. Mm -hmm. And that was really just a, a holding space for, I don't know what this is going to turn into. So, I, you know, I've, I've been in that experimentation incubation stage, but I'm, I'm, I'll start to build entities below the jadaselner.com brand that can become their own commodities, right? To be able to have its own website that stands on its own. So because I'm an entrepreneur, because I like to leverage my time and, and not be the one that's always needed, that's where my eye is, even though I'm building a personal brand for thought leadership and to use my voice, I still want to build assets that can exist and thrive without me. So I have a couple of experiments. Um, you know, I have my build your challenge course that has like an automated email sales funnel through that process of teaching people how to grow their, you know, their own challenge and community. Um, and that can just exist on its own. And then I have loveovermetrics.com, which is an incubator for women building businesses. And again, they all have their own domains, but they're still kind of like the direction point is through me at this point. But ultimately, um, they can live on their own, can have their own coaches, can have their own, you know, com community ambassadors keeping it going. But it doesn't have to be me um, that is creating those results and transformation for people. But there is a challenge in the beginning because everything is kind of funneling through the Jada Selner brand right now. 
totally. That makes a ton of sense. Um, let's look internally at your business um, before we start to wrap up here. I'm curious, um, in terms of operations, logistics, scheduling, things like that, what have you intentionally done differently than you did before with Simple Green Smoothies? And what have you intentionally repeated? Yeah. So some things that I've done differently is, you know, theming out my talk days. I think, you know, when you there's two co-founders and we had a really big team, I didn't have as much flexibility in the schedule of like when we could meet and have our founders meetings and different things like that. So I definitely have a little bit more control in my schedule, like Tuesdays and Thursdays are talk days. And I have my amazing right hand, Michelle, who, you know, she knows the calendar rules and when things can happen. And then I can build my calendar in a way where I'm able to fully unplug when I travel. When I was with Simple Green Smoothies, there was still a lot of I'd be traveling and launches would still be happening. And, you know, so that was that was very challenging for me. And I, me and my family love to travel a lot. So we've built our calendar in a way to be built around my family's travel schedule as well as my speaking speaking travel. Um, and then, you know, I have my Wednesdays are my CEO days when, where I'm focusing on really big projects that are moving forward my quarterly plans. Um, and I think another thing that I'm doing differently is the platforms that I'm using for people to find me, you know, podcast stages and um, and in-person events. And then on Simple Green Smoothies, it was Facebook, Instagram, and the email list. So those those are they're different ways to express yourself and to attract your audience. Um, so and then also my team, you know, I have my right hand Michelle, who's my integrator, um, and then I have a designer, um, and then I have you know just kind of a couple of uh, project based people that kind of come in and out, you know, developers and different things like that. The team is a lot leaner right now, but that will grow and expand as this business and brand expands too. Awesome. So what's next for you? Is there a big project that you are incubating or gestating right now? Or just tell us what's on the horizon for you. Yeah. So my TEDx talk just went live. Um, and um, it's about leading with love and business and really, you know, imagining what if love was your number one business strategy. And so I feel like I'm ready to write the next book around that and also just exploring some more corporate speaking and, and bringing people who are so metrics focused in bigger companies of how can we bring more love into the business. And that is, you know, in leadership, in your team and in your community. And then my love over metrics incubator, which I mentioned, just being able to help um, entrepreneurs really embrace the ideation stage, the integration stage of actually creating a plan and a strategy, and then the implementation where you'll actually see results and get feedback. I think so often, you know, people are doers and make things happen, but they don't have a vision or a plan. And so just really being able to pull that whole picture in is really exciting for me. And I'm, I'm in the process of building a printed visiony, uh, visionary planner to support the way that I've built my companies in the last few years of how I focus on the vision and the strategy and the execution. Fantastic. Jada Selner, I really appreciate your honesty and transparency and openness in this conversation about, you know, some some big milestones in your business and yes. um, and just the depth of which you were you were willing to talk about it as well. I just really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Find out more about Jada Selner at jadaselner.com and listen into her podcast, Lead with Love, wherever you listen to What Works. Plus, check out an upcoming interview with me on Jada's podcast on how my own company has evolved over the last two years. What Works is brought to you by Co-Commercial. Every question you have about your small business is a lesson someone else had to learn the hard way. What if you could learn directly from the people who have already figured it out so you could skip the trial and error, the hours of research, and the heartache they went through to get answers? At Co-Commercial, that's exactly what you can do. We give you access to a support network of hundreds of small business owners who generously share their experiences, expertise, and hard lessons learned. We give you a one-stop shop for all your small business questions, whether you need to know about hiring a new team member, launching a new product, managing your time, or perfecting your messaging. Co-Commercial helps our members save loads of time, fill in the gaps in their education, and start lifelong business relationships. Don't wait another day to become a member. Here's what happens when you apply for membership. First, you tell us what goal you're working towards and where you're struggling. Next, a member of our team personally reviews your application and any questions you have about membership. Then you receive an email with personalized recommendations for how to start your membership and ideas for making your first post so you can get support as quickly as possible. Once you're in, our team continues to support you whenever you need help. Most of our members get more than the value of the membership fee in just 45 minutes per week. Ready to join? Go to cocommercial.co and apply for membership. There's no risk to you. Applying is free. And once you join, if you're not impressed with the quality of support and depth of conversation at CoCommercial in the first 30 days, we'll refund your membership fee. To apply for membership, go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.